Hey, church, good to see you again. This weekend for our worship, we're going to open and close our worship time with just a brief prayer. So to kind of set the table, uh, I just want to read to you from the book of Matthew. This is among the last thing that Jesus was recorded as saying uh, before he ascended to heaven after the resurrection. Matthew 28, 18 says this. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until March 2020, and then it's deuces. I'm out. Oh, I'm being told that's incorrect. I'm sorry. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we declare that the name of Jesus is above all of this. Even until the end of the age, Lord Jesus, you are in charge. You're in charge of when this thing begins, what is the middle, what is the end. God, we put ourselves under your control. We put ourselves into your care. We declare again that all authority is yours through the end of the age. We declare that even in times of lockdown, we declare your greatness. We spread the good news of the gospel. We love one another. And when the time comes, we will gather by the ocean and baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We give glory to you in the midst of our struggle. You are in control of it all. There is no other name by which we are saved. Let's sing about it. Open wide, blinded eyes, giants fall, dead men rise, sickness healed at the mention of you. Sinners change.
before you as a church even though we are spread apart we are in our homes separated from one another we are not separated from you your Holy Spirit binds us together in peace and love and unity Lord we lift up prayers for those who know that you are still on your throne that you are in charge but for whom the waiting is heavy and hard Lord I lift up those who are sheltering in place by themselves you are loved and seen. Father God, assuage their loneliness. Speak peace to them. Lord, we lift up prayers for all the seniors of college, of high school. Been looking forward to this for a long time and it's being taken from you. Lord, pray. Send your spirit to comfort those who are losing things this season. Would you remind young people that there is much to look forward to ahead of them? Your presence will walk with them and guide them. Lord, for people who are just struggling, who are just tired of all this, Lord, we speak the peace of Christ. We pray for a swift end to this, Lord, but if there's more waiting to be done, let us gather as people of peace. Let us speak love and grace. In the name of Jesus on our lips, we lift you up, and it is in your mighty and righteous name that we pray. Amen. Amen. 
Well, it's good. We as a culture, we have been offsetting the heaviness of this time with a little humor. So here's some humor. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Josh and Chris here. Uh, Chris? Chris? Well, mate. Happy Easter! Dude, that's the wrong video. Right. It's raffle day. Happy Raffle Day! There we go. Hey, do you want to explain to the sweet people what Raffle Day is? Absolutely. So what we're going to do, we're going to draw a family's name out of the bowl, and then we're going to figure out what meal you're going to get on us, delivered personally by us. Raffle Day, it's baby! Raffle day. Woo! All right, everybody. It is time to spin the wheel. Let's do it, Chris. Pizza! pizza! All right, pick a name and see who we're delivering All some pizza right. to. Let's do this. You want, you want to blow on it? You only blew on it three times. Yep, there you go. Okay, and this has been shocking up, shaking up. Here we go. Shake, shake, shake. I can't look at it. I can't look at it. I'm I can't so look excited. at it. I can't look at it. The Hurtensteiners! Yo, Josh, do you want to say what we are doing? We're pizza delivery guys. Yes, we are. So, Hurtensteiners, we'll see you in a few. Here we come. All right, we're here at the Hurtensteiners. Let's go, Chris. This is going to be so good. Right here, right here, right here, right here. Hurtensteiners! Hurtensteiners, what's How's up, it going, guys? Yes. You are winners of the first ABF raffle. Enjoy your pizza, my friends. Enjoy it. Have fun. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Enjoy the pizza. Enjoy it. Bye, guys. Let's go. That was awesome. I am so excited to be with you today. Man, Chris and Josh, thank you for your delivery service. You know what? I think we should do this more often. In fact, let's call it something. Let's take a look at this. I think we should call it the quarantine raffle. What do you say? Let's pick some more names for this week. Let me see what I got in here. Let's first of all get the Kegels. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, the Aites. Uh, is this just like for Steph? Uh, let me look at another one. The Kerners. How, how can he deliver to himself? Okay, this one's got to work. Let's see. Who is it? All right. Neva Rody, we're coming to you next week. We'll spin the wheel and we'll find out what food you're going to get. Hey, we got some other things going on here. I hope that you love what's going on with these Zoom meetings. You know, I got to admit, last night, I was kind of sneaking in the background. The ladies had like a million people online. They broke all YouTube records. And I heard a lot of laughing, a lot of fun, but my wife kicked me out and I didn't hear the rest of it. But we have all kinds. Look on that screen there. There's a men's group that meets on Tuesday mornings. There's a life group that just started on Tuesday nights. We got the women's meetings. We got junior high. We got high school. We got all kinds of ways for you to get involved. So do it. Get connected this week. Then I just want to say, Thank you. You guys have been so awesome during this time as you give sacrificially. We're so grateful for the way you give online or mail the check. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And now, just one other thing that we need to let you know about. Conejo Cares was started a year ago because of the Woolsey Fire. We have kind of pivoted over these last couple of months, and now we have the Conejo Cares COVID response team. 
And those are some of the things that we've been involved in. Look at the screen. But we've been involved in doing so many things just in the last three weeks. It's a partnership between churches and other nonprofits that we work with, like Action Ministries and the Meal Program and Harbor House. And so even just recently, we delivered over 1,000 N95 masks to the Veterans Hospital locally. We've given blankets to homeless. We've fed people. And you can get involved in that, so do it this way. Email me this week, and I'll put you on our list, and you can plug into so many different opportunities. You'll have a chance to make a difference this year. Now, it wouldn't be Sundays if we didn't hear from Adrian and what crazy thing our kids are going to do this week. Let's turn it over to Adrian. Hi, kids. Well, summer is here. It got hot outside. Well, I hope you've been able to get outside and enjoy some trails, maybe bake off the coronavirus. But man, it's been beautiful. I hope you've been out there with your family and just enjoying God's creation, knowing that he's got you in the palm of his hand. Well, I wanted to give you an update. A lot of families have been asking me about Camp ABF. And sadly, we need to postpone it from June 15th. That doesn't look like a date that's going to be happening. Right now, we are penciling in August 3rd through 7th and hoping by that time we'll be able to be back doing our large group gatherings. And we're really excited for camp this year and we're praying that that will work out. And you know, if I've got any artists out there, man, I could use your help. We have this wonderful, amazing outer space theme. And so if you love painting or drawing, we could use your help. Send me a text or an email and we'll get you lined up to help serve in that capacity. Well, families, we have a new challenge for you this week, and I'm super excited about it. The challenge is the floor is lava. In fact, it's starting now. Here I go. I've got my lava shoes on, um, and we, I, I'm ready for this, you guys. So the deal is when anyone in your family shouts out, the floor is lava, you got to get off the floor. You've got to get onto higher ground, and as creatively as you can, you're going to want to go across the living room, across the house very creatively, and make sure you never touch the floor, okay? The goal of the game, don't touch the floor. Have some fun. The floor is lava. Okay. Hey, high schoolers, I really want to see your videos coming in this week of the chaos that we bring to your household. Well, hey, speaking of videos, one of my favorite things is to check in on the kids and see what fun they've been having. And so let's see how they did with the Fruit of the Spirit Scripture Challenge. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Galatians 5, 22. Galatians 5, 22. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Galatians 5, 22, 23. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. The Spirit gives love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. But the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, 
gentleness, self-control. Goodness, faithfulness, control. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Goodness, faithfulness, self-control, and self-control. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Self-control. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Faithfulness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. 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 Wow, how fun was that? Just so good to see the kids just hiding God's word in their heart, especially uh, the littles, uh, so sweet. And uh, hopefully you're doing well through this extended time and of uh, separation, and uh, hopefully you're utilizing this time to really maximize it. I, I heard a pastor say this last week that we shouldn't be so anxious to get back to normal, but should rather establish some new normals in our life. I don't know about you, maybe there's some things, some new habits, some new routines that you've put into the place in the last month, and maybe you found those to be profitable and beneficial in your life. I know for my family, uh, during the quarantine, we introduced a new habit, really. Uh, my wife is uh, the one that's imposed this on uh, the kids. We get up at, at uh, have breakfast together at 8.30 sharp, so uh, we're all together around the breakfast table and then spend some time in God's Word together. And as you can imagine, my three junior high kids have been fully on board with this, fully attentive, never a missed mark. No, I'm just kidding about that. Uh, there's been plenty of uh, ill-timed jokes and lack of attention. But even despite that, uh, it's been just a sweet time to connect as a family and to do that around God's word. And we start to see that the more and more we dive in, just how relevant and life-giving it is. It's been refreshing as a family. I think in, when we're looking at this passage in 2 Peter, I think that's the same emphasis that Peter's trying to get across before he leaves this earth. He wants to make sure that his audience understands the, the value of God's word. He talks about in this passage about being established in the truth. He understood that there's a, a body of definable, noble, spiritual truth that's foundational to the Christian life, and it's only found in God's word. So when you're wondering, where do you find a truth source? It's actually here. It's full of instruction for us. If you think about it, it teaches us, it equips us, it protects us, it confronts us sometimes, it convicts us, it directs us, it comforts us, it motivates us. And even in times like this, it provides hope when maybe we can't see it. That's why it's so important to be established in the truth. Let me pray before we dive into 2 Peter. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this chance to be together and to gather around your word. Even though we might not be physically present, we're still centered and focused on you and what you've, you've left for us, the, the gift of, of words that can change us, that can transform us. We invite that now in our time together. We pray this in Jesus Christ's name, amen. 
Well, as usual, I invite you to join me in the passage that we're studying. We get so much more out of it if you're actually looking at it together. So we're in 2 Peter. This is the second part of chapter 1, starting in verse 12. So 2 Peter 1, 12 says this. I'm just going to read the first verse. It says, Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them are and are established in the truth that you have. Now tell me, raise your hand, if at some point you remember your parents making this statement. How many times do I have to tell you? Anybody remember your kids or your parents saying that? Or maybe some of you have said that same thing to your own kids. How many times do I have to tell you? Really, if you think about that question, the answer is always at least one more time. Because obviously what you're trying to convey to them hasn't taken root yet in their life. And the reason why we need so many reminders is because we're prone to wander from truth. It's not a matter of us not knowing something. So many times we just need to be brought back to things we already know. Sometimes people come to church and they're like, oh yeah, they didn't talk about anything I didn't already know, but that's okay. The whole idea here that that Peter points to is that he intends to establish, to bring them back, to remind them of what he's already taught them. We're prone to wander if we're not careful. We're prone to wander from the things that have been laid, the foundation that's been set in our lives. Let me give you an example of that. Think, for instance, of the word patience. Now, all of us, nobody would question whether or not we're supposed to be patient. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's talked about so often in Scripture But my question for you, do you struggle with impatience? I know I do for sure. I'll I'll give an example. Just this past week, I had a a trip heading over to Home Depot. It was my uh, one outing for the day. I had to get a new shower head. So I show up there and I haven't been out a lot to different stores and my wife was with me and I see outside of Home Depot, there's a line and you're lined up with like, like cattle with like five feet apart on these stickers and I found myself, uh, I found myself just getting a little bit impatient, a little bit irritated. And then I went back to, wait a second, why am I being impatient? This was my one outing for the day. What am I rushing back to? For us, a lot of times it's not a lack of information. It's just applying what we already knew. I think Peter knew this firsthand, probably out of anybody that had spent the majority or nobody had spent more time with Jesus himself than Peter. And so often Jesus had to revisit things that they already knew. So in God's word, the the reminder for us as he's saying, man, I want to bring you back to these qualities I just talked about is the reminder and the starting point to recognize our tendency to wander from truth. That's why it's so important to keep coming back to it, to have people in your life that remind you of it. We'll continue in verse 13. It says, I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. Think about that for a moment, how often we learn from somebody by watching what they do. 
Uh, you've maybe heard this expression that most lessons are caught, not taught. I think that happened a lot with Peter, especially. This wasn't him necessarily teaching or instructing uh, appropriate perspective on death, but look at what comes across there. He had been given insight from God as to how his life would end. Can you imagine that if you knew exactly how your life would wind down? In John chapter 21, verse 18, Jesus specifically told him, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your arms and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Then it says after that, this he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. Historian Astubius attested that he was crucified, Peter, was crucified upside down because he chose to. He didn't want to be crucified in the same manner in which his Lord was. So Peter here, as he's talking, he's on death row, if you remember, he's waiting his final days. And so when someone's on death row and they have something to say about death or something about that, that causes our ears to perk up. Think about his quotes here. As long as I am in this body or putting off my body will be soon. What does that teach us about this life? What does it teach us about this body that we're, we've been placed in? It teaches us one big principle, that it is temporary. The Greek word used here for body is the same word that they used for tent. Tents were used for somebody that traveled a lot or a nomad. It was kind of a, a moving thing that somebody used. Kind of like today, a, a salesman might say a hotel room is where they, their, their tent, if you will. They know that it's temporary housing. You don't ever put up a picture on the wall of a hotel. Here, the same idea is true. Death's not the end of this eternal be being. It's just a change of our housing. We move from temporary housing to permanent housing. That's what's happening. Peter instructs, even from his perspective, on death, moving from temporary to permanent. When you think about that idea, how that changes, if, if that is, that, that's not new information for us, let's be honest. Most of us know that this is only temporary for those who have put their trust in Jesus Christ. But imagine when that's at the forefront of your mind, how that changes your vantage point on some of the things happening in our world right now, how it ups the urgency, but also secures us in peace. Continue in verse 15 with a seeing about a, a legacy that, that Peter's wanting to leave. He says, and I will make every effort, I like the word effort there, so that after my departure, you may be able to at any time recall these things. My wife, Adrian, has an uncle. His name's uh, Dwight. We usually see him at uh, family gatherings. It was really nice to see him this uh, past year. One of the, he's one of those guys that's kind of the, the life of the party. It's funny what people have grown to know him by. Anybody that's spent any time with Dwight, anytime he's affirming something, he always says this same crazy statement. He always says, well, tickety-boo. Well, tickety-boo, what does that even mean? We still don't know, but it's one of the things that it, well, it hasn't been said a few times. It's been said for five, 10, 15, 20 years. If anybody knows Dwight, they know tickety-boo is going to come out in a conversation. Very weird illustration, I get it. But here's the idea, is for us. 
we can actually be intentional with the legacy in which we leave. It doesn't have to be a tickety-boo legacy. It can actually have something of significance, the mark that we leave on someone. I was thinking about that in my own life, and even when I was young, I realized, not when I was young, when my kids were young, I realized how important it was to leave a legacy in their mind of some important truth. So at a young age, my two daughters, I, I started saying to them before bedtime, I'd say, hey, can I tell you a secret? And they're like, okay, what, what is it? And I'd whisper in their, their ears, I'd say, I think you're beautiful on the inside and out. They, they would hear that just, uh, just consistently before bed. And it got so consistent that at one point before bed, I remember asking one of them, I said, hey, you want me to tell you a secret? And they're like, dad, I already know what the secret is. And then I played it off a little bit. I'm like, well, maybe I'll just skip it tonight. And they're like, no, 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 no. You can still tell it to me. You can still tell it to me. Because there's, there's something about a legacy. So, so much of what I wanted to instill in them is how beautiful I see them to be. For us, we have to think through, like Peter, what mark you want to leave. What is the thing that you want to instill in those around you? You see Peter here says that he's making every effort so that after he goes, they'll think, they'll be able to recall the things that he talks about, the things that were important to him. You see in that last section, what was he trying to instill in them? He's trying to remind them of how important it is to, to continue growing, to continue bearing fruit, to continue having an influence on others. He wasn't concerned about his legacy, but the truth that he held to was passed on. Not remember him, but his message. He continues kind of transitions here, uh, confirming or clarifying the message that he has been passing on, the validity of it in verse 16. It says, For we do not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice born from heaven for we were with him on the holy mountain. So he starts off there in verse 16, confirming, hey, these aren't just cleverly devised myths. These aren't just things or fiction that we came up with. That was likely accusations like it still is today. These aren't accusations. We were eyewitnesses of these things ourselves. Think about how much time Peter had spent with Jesus. He refers to seeing his majesty firsthand. Now notice in the, the text that he's referring to a specific event. Do you have any sense of what that event was? The event was called the Mount of Transfiguration. It's talked about in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. What, what happened there is Peter, James, and John we're with Jesus going up to this mountain. We don't know the exact name of the mountain, but in that they saw Jesus transformed. They saw the, the, the layers peeled back and a little glimpse of the glory of who Jesus is. In Matthew 17, 2, it describes it. It says, and he was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him, 
Can you imagine this? These disciples get a glimpse of his glory. This would be something they would never, ever forget their entire life. As if that weren't enough, a couple verses later, Matthew 17, 5, he was still speaking when behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him, it said. Can you imagine? This is what he's explaining to them. I, I, I saw this. I experienced this. It's not me just making up stuff. You can tell a, a lot about someone's claims by whether or not they're willing to die for them. Think about how many movies and TV shows truth actually comes out when they're holding somebody with their life being threatened. They either come to a point where they finally break, whether it's a, a prison scene or some kind of a, a situation in a, in a movie where they're finally pushed to say, all right, I was lying, I made this up, or the opposite happens. It either exposes the lie or it confirms the truth when they don't budge under pressure. That's what's happening here with Peter. He's under unbelievable pressure, but he's still staying the course, much like the majority of all the other apostles that died for their exact same claims. It's important for us to understand that, that this truth that we're holding on to, that we're clinging to, is not made up fiction. It's something that should be building our assurance when we consider the audience in which had put their trust and faith in it. Continues in the text with the explanation, verse 19. It says, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention to as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This past spring, I was uh, having a, a conversation with some friends of ours, Rick and Simone Maddox. You might even recognize their names. They're part of our church, really uh, wonderful uh, family. And talking to Rick before he, he went, I remember just chatting with him over at Chipotle and explaining to him what an important thing it was for him to get grounded in a good Bible teaching church. I explained to him, it has to be not just a, a, a church that occasionally talks about the Bible, but one that explores it, that uncovers it. Say so not somebody that, that literally uh, or, or validates their points with it and occasionally uh, quotes it, but one that studies it. Why is that? We see it here in the text, that these are the very words of God himself. Think about that for a second, that God wrote a book. What priority should that book have in our lives? Should receive top importance. That's the reason we gather. That's the reason you're watching this video now. The importance of God's word that he had a message spoken through people to us. So when Peter says a prophetic word, that prophetic word he's referring to is the entire Old Testament. It's been now confirmed when he th says confirmed, think about how many things were confirmed from the Old Testament that were demonstrated in Jesus' life. It's confirmed with more witnesses and more fulfilled prophecy. And he says it's not produced by the will of man. In other words, something that man came up with, 
But instead, men spoke from God. You might wonder, how in the world does that work? He explains it right there in the text. As they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. In other words, the the Holy Spirit directed their thoughts, directed their words, put them on the page for us to read now even thousands of years later under the direct guidance of the Holy Spirit. That's why we're so careful to study it each week. I don't see myself as bringing new truth to you. It's just trying to bring to light existing truth. I like the picture of a, a tour guide trying to point out important stuff or, or maybe uh, elevating or thinking through ways to respond to the truth that's in front of us. He describes the importance of this. He says, you would do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the morning star returns. The morning star is obviously Jesus Christ. Until his return, he's saying you would do well to pay attention to this. It's shining a light in a very dark place. Think about one of our greatest complaints as I'm interacting with people present day is people are like, man, I just, I just don't even know where to find truth. I don't know if I can trust this source. I don't know if I can trust this source. This, this expert has disappointed me. Here for us, the reminder of the importance of being established in real truth. Once we know that it's truth, we should read it. We should pray it. We should study it. We should meditate on it. We should share it with others. For us, this is one of those messages, though, that's not necessarily new information. This is the reminder that Peter was talking about. He's saying, hey, you need to go back to this. This is, this is God's words directly written through man for your benefit, to educate our conscience Think about it so much when we instill this in our, ourselves, when we meditate on God's word, it gives the Holy Spirit something to work with, to, uh, to, to move us, to compel us towards action, to convict us towards sin. All of this leaves us with a choice. Is there new information here? No. Was it a needed reminder? You can decide that. Let me pray as we wrap up. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this chance to look through the lens of somebody on death row. You start to see what priorities should be elevated. His heart was to make sure that truth was passed on, that he had a a legacy that would influence and impact others. And really, when you think about his legacy, what he wanted to pass on, he wanted to make sure that they were established in truth too, that they were able to carry that on for generations to come. My prayer is during this season that we're in that we would cling to truth, the one constant in the ever-changing world. God, we thank you for that reality. We thank you for your word and the chance to study it here today. We pray this now in Jesus Christ's name, amen. sing together. All the poor and powerless and all the lost and lonely and all the thieves will come confess and know that you are holy.
church family. Well, my prayer is that you can think through creative ways to prioritize God's word in your life this week. Maybe there's a, a habit or routine that you need to introduce into your week ahead that could be carried on post-corona. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.